Welcome to Orpanini. This is Sarah Tova Best. We are counting up to Chaspei Shvat, about building a feminine world. So here's the question. What is this feminine world that we are building? We're really looking to make the whole world into a feminine world. Now, what would be the difference? What is the difference between the old classical male world and the, fem- the masculine world and the feminine world? Well, for one thing, the masculine world is, you know, someone's in charge, and he makes all the decisions, and he knows, and, and she just has to follow her. He has to, he says, he, he takes charge, and the other people have to follow along. And in the feminine world, everyone figures it out together. It's kind of a more cooperative, everyone has a say, um, everyone's empowered, it comes, it's grassroots, um, everyone has their, their part to, 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 to put in, and the collective energy of everyone creates a, a whole that's much greater. So that's the difference. The masculine one, doesn't matter who you are, we just tell you what to do and just follow it. And the feminine way is you are important and you all, you all together from below create the, the world. Now, interestingly, we're at a point politically where, um, well, certainly in Eretz Yisrael, they tried and tried and tried so many times to have, um, a head to, to vote in a government and a head of the government and it kept dissolving and and that's probably be well that's because Mashiach has to take over and also probably because the world has to become a feminine world where the people the people that the people are or have a say they're no longer ignored as just uh, instruments for me telling them you know little puppets that I tell I move the puppet around but rather the people have to have a say. So what we see happening in America in these weeks is something very interesting that there's a, there's been a third party that's um, been emerging and I, is it we the people or whatever it is of, of uh, a, a grassroots movement and we're used to the idea of grassroots ever since the 60s and maybe before but I think it became really popular in the 60s of the people. The people have a say. It also became popular in the time of the French Revolution. Because it became popular in the time of the French Revolution as the people take over, it re-understand that it really came from Lamaila, from Kedusha. It just came down when it was, when it came through the French Revolution, it was in the non-holy version. But the holy version is the people are empowered, each, each one of them to have, to be a source of light. Just tonight uh, and last night, I think, we were on a couple of Zoom calls in which the speakers were saying, each one of us is a lamplighter. Each one of us has something unique to contribute. This is a feminine approach. There's no higher and lower, more talented and less talented. Everybody has their place. Everyone is a shliach of Hashem in a unique way. So... The mimer that was said today is Yud Gimel, Yud, Yud Gimel Shvat, the yard side of the um, Rabbanus Sternusara. And the mimer that was prepared for, this was the mother, I guess, of the previous Rebbe, and the mimer that was prepared, uh, or maybe said for her yard site, was called Hayashevis Beganim. And just to say one word about it, Hayashevis Beganim, the, um, the phrase is, the Pasuk says, They're sitting in the garden, and the friends are listening to your voice. 
So somebody sitting in a garden, well, that's already feminine. Men are not interested in sitting in gardens that much. You know, they may, they may want to sit somewhere and read their newspaper, but they don't really care which flowers they are. Oh, look at these flowers. Do you know what these are? No, I really don't care. So if it's somebody sitting in a garden, it's already a feminine type of an atmosphere. And what are they doing in this garden? They're listening to our voices. And Rashi tells us that Hashem says to us, the Jewish people, here we are, we're in Gullus, and the problem is that we're um, shepherding, we're, we're, we're in other people's gardens. You know, normally I want to sit in my garden. I worked for, you know, I went into my backyard and I worked for two years and I planted all kinds of things and I have, um, somebody told me she has um, grapevines and, and her neighbor didn't like the grapevines and they were all over the place and it was stunning and one day the neighbor cut off the grape grapevine right at the root, you know, right at the bottom and all the grapes withered. Um, she was rather upset but the interesting thing is the grapevine started to grow again and they're actually better grapes than they were before. Okay, so we, unfortunately, we don't sit in our own garden. We as the Jewish people, we're not sitting in our own garden. We seem to be hanging out in other people's gardens, other nations' gardens. That's the truth. You know, we're not, even if we're people live in Eretz Kaidish, we're just not yet home in the world, in a place where the world acknowledges Oh, you Jewish people, this world is your garden. Can we help you keep it? Good. I mean, that's exactly what we're dealing with politically, that issue. Really, the whole political system, all of the ASUBs in the world are supposed to come to us and say, you Yaakov Avinu, this, you, you made this Basi Lagani world, you made this world into a garden for Hashem. Good for you. Now we would like to help you to make it, to, to um, make it even more beautiful in whatever way we can. Tell us what we can do to assist you in making this an even more beautiful garden for Hashem. But it's your garden, essentially. It's your world. And we did, uh, sorry, we did kind of uh, oppress you and do horrific things to you for 4,000 years, but now we want to help you. So, says the Mimer, that so far we're still in other people's gardens. But what happens is we sit in shoals, we sit in Bate Knesset, Bate Midrashas, and the Chaverim, there are these friends who are listening to what we say in shul. Who are these Chaverim? Malachi Asharis, they're the Malachim. And they're listening to us daven and learn. They really come to hear our words of davening, Tyrant Phila, in Bate Knesset. So Medrash Rada says that when we sit in these shuls and we say Shema and we learn Tyra, Kaverim Makshivim, the Malachim sit and listen. A whole bunch, you know, a whole parade of them, Palmelia, a whole, I'm not sure what the word is, choir or a whole group. And it also says in Medrash Rada, these chaverim, these friends, are the malachi asharis. Now, these malachim, they don't have jealousy and they don't have all of this between them. Um, but when these chaverim 
hear our voices, they're just in awe, I guess. So from that, the mimer goes into what we're not going to go into, the Avaita and the Mishkan and the Mikdash, which is turning all the darkness into light, so that the darkness itself will light, will shine. And therefore, and here we'll and we'll stop, the Mishkan was made out of Atashitim, which, as we all know, transformed the Shtus of the world, the Shtus of Kedusha. And then we have Shechanti Pesachim, a revelation of Orisaibah. Okay. So here it is that these Malachim are sitting and they're listening to our voice. For them, it's music. It's music. And it's interesting. Base Knesset, um, Bais, Base Knesset, you know, it's kind of a female thing. They're listening to this beautiful singing. They perceive it as beautiful singing. So the whole idea of singing, in a way, it's a pretty feminine thing. You know, a masculine energy is like, just tell them what they have to do and get it over with. Let's go. You know, hello, yeah, do this, do that. That's the masculine way. This bark, it doesn't mean that men don't sing. But the feminine way is, you know, you kind of like set down the order, set down the law, and that's it. And like, let, let's get down to business. We don't have time for any uh, nonsense. Just, just tell me the rules. Let's go. And the feminine way is, let's make it decorative, musical, soft, flowing, not choppy and square and and severe, but soft and flowing music. So what happens is, and we're just gonna we're gonna do a little piece of the sikh of Parshas B'Shalach. When it comes to when we finish Yud Shvat and Yud Aleph Shvat, and here we are now in the days after Yud Aleph Shvat, we're we are preparing for a very special Shabbos. First of all. Um, as soon as we get to the middle of the week, we're really into Erev Shabbos. What is the name of the Shabbos that we prepare for after Yod Shabbat? Shabbos Shira. And it's a very interesting concept, and we're just going to say it very short. Shir, song, is connected with Shabbos. It means more shirli on the Shabbos. The minor says, Mishnah says, in the the Shabbos, when you have an animal in a pen, he has a, a rope around his neck, you want to take him out of the pen, you pull him by that, that rope, gently, hopefully, and that's how you get him out of the pen. And then when he's out in the field and you want to get him back into the pen, he has the rope around his neck. Again, not in it, but he, he has a collar, and then he has a rope, and you pull him. And so through this collar that's around him, that's how you're able to get him in and out. He goes out with this, I think it's called a share, and he goes back in. So this is the way it was explained to me. And in a sense, you could say it's sort of a pun, uh, a play on words, because also, same thing. You know, whoever has that collar around his neck, you use it to get him out and get him in. Meaning, when you're going from level to level, you're going to go out of where you were before, and then you're going to go back in, but to a higher level. You do it through this shear or this share. In our case, you do it through shear, through song. So if you're going to go out of your previous level, like I was previously enslaved, 
to all my nonsense. It's called being in the trine. Mm, okay. So I want to go out of there and I want to get some fresh air. <laughs> See some other possibilities. Good. I'll tell you what to do. What should I do? Let's pull myself out through sheer. Sing. 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 That will get me out of my old slavery and my old stuff and my old slump. And then once I'm out there, you know, there's a whole world out there. Well, I thought my, I thought all my habits and all my enslavement and my dark mood was the only reality. I forgot that there was a world out there. That was a good thing I sang. And then when I want to go back into a gather, into a framework, but a higher framework, how will I do it? Well, the song took you out of there. Now it'll bring you into there. You go out with song and you come in with song. Now, the interesting thing is Shabbos is connected with song. As soon as Shabbos comes, we start to sing. We sing L'chud Naranana. We sing, we, you know, we sing, we sing L'chadaydi. Uh, we sing Friday night a lot. And we sing in the davening. So there's more singing. I guess, relatively speaking, in the when I, you know, stick around to listen to the davening, Friday night is mostly singing davening, and it's very short. And Shabbos Day, the service, let's say, if it's two hours, it's not all singing. It's a certain portion singing. But Friday night is mostly singing. Sure. You're going out of what you, of what was going on during the week. It was good. I got a lot done this week. But... Um, that will, uh, my new normal needs to become something higher. That's like, good, let's take it to a higher level. Let's not just sit comfortably, let's take it to a higher level. So to get out of where I'm already stuck, sing. So we sing Friday night. So Shabbos is about singing. Now, is there an ability, how does Shabbos have the ability to to be a, a time of, of singing? So, Shabbos is elevated through song. And there's one Shabbos that gives the power to Shabbos to elevate everything through singing. It's not just Shabbos you sing, but there's a Shabbos that gives its qualities to every Shabbos so that singing on Shabbos will lift you up. What's the name of this special Shabbos that empowers all the other Shabbosim of the year? It's called Shabbos Shira. And it sprinkles its dust on every single other Shabbos. So, being the Shabbos Shira is in the, is the Shabbos after Yoshvat. And we know that on the Yom Hulula, the Tzaddik, everything that he accomplished, you know, goes up and is brought down and creates Yeshua's in the world. Shabbos elevates everything. So the Yud Shvat that we just finished gets elevated by the Shabbos to come. Shabbos Shira. We didn't just have Yud Shvat. This Shabbos we're going to sing Yud Shvat. Which means we're going to lift it up. And so, that's the Nukuda. Now, we're just going to end off with this, something pretty much about the time that we're in, which is, we've been saying for quite a while, these days, these years, every time there's a Hasidic Yantus, you know there's going to be some kind of a world miracle 
that's really going to affect everybody. Um, it's going to be something really historic. Some will understand it, some will not. Some will see it, others will not. There, for, there definitely were global miracles this past year, this yesterday and today. Not sure, you know, which ones. Not everybody's noticing. We have to wait till the whole the whole scene settles down, and we'll understand how Yudshvat was a huge piece in the puzzle of moving the world to Geula. That means including Asav, including Asav in his desire to experience truth, including Asav having a grassroots experience of wanting truth. Asav was not so used to wanting truth for for all these centuries. We are now in a world that if you ask, what is the main thing that's happening in the world today? I would say, in a positive way, Asav and even Yishmael, <clears throat> and even Yishmael are moving in a grassroots way, in a very creative way, from Hashem's point of view, you know, in a very creative way, to into a desire to actually figure out what is truth and what is not truth. And that's why it's so interesting what's going on in the world. And most of the questions are about proof. However, people understand what truth is, but they're all kind of obsessed with truth, concerned with truth. That's the biggest revolution, maybe, that's happening in the world today. Revealing the truth and revealing what is real truth. So that Surely, there was surely a big miracle with that on Yod Shvat. And when we are looking forward to this Shabbos Shira, what's going to happen is the whole desire to know truth will be elevated through song. This Shabbos, the world is going to be singing truth. Maybe not everybody yet. But a whole bunch of people from Asaph will be singing the praises of Hashem's truth. That's a revolution. So what we want to do is put ourselves fully into Shabbos Shirat, using it to sing, using it to elevate elevate the world through song, using it to pull us out, pull us out of the stuck place where the world has been stuck and it can't seem to get out of this stuck place. Sing! Pull it out with song and it will be unstuck. Moving into a freer, moving into a more open space, moving up a level, closer to Hashem, and then putting it in, put it, sing again and put the world into a new framework of settling down in a grounded way, but a more holy grounded way. So that we encourage the world to, that it should give up its shtustalumazda, and if the world should move to shtusta kedusha, and may we find ourselves this parshas b'shalach singing shiras ayam as we walk through the yamsuf, as we said yesterday, the women walked through the yamsuf, they sang, there was shiras ayam, and they did it with the greatest simcha, with with instruments of song. May we find ourselves in the base of Shlishi now singing the song, the 10th song of the Gula Mitzvah Shlema.